podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome back to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. It's Bowl Week, and we've got them all on Hot Routes. Gasparilla Bowl? Got it. Cheese it Bowl? Yep. Quick Lane Bowl? Of course. Our analysis, picks, <laughs> and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin. Dude, how good are cheese it like, <laughs> I don't know what bowl games you're going to mention. As soon as you said it. Cheez-Its are so good. <laughs> as soon as you said it, you're like, I want to cheese it. What's well, all those things you get for the kids? The toasty Cheez-Its? Have you, ever, have you had the toasty I've ones? had them all, and they're all great. And you, those are all the things you buy in the house for the kids to bring for lunch. And you crush a box And after a watching, day, you, they're like, can I bring... 12 after dark. Yeah. They're like, can I bring Cheez-Its? You're like, well, they're gone. Didn't we just buy them? Yeah, be quiet. Um, they're just remnants in the bottom of the bag that they're fighting over the scraps. Oh, the cheese at remnants are the best part too. I know, but that, I, like, that's why I leave them. I'm like, I'm at the bo- doing oh, yeah. them a favor. Hey, I left you the, 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 the crumbs. Cheese its are really good. But I don't think we're gonna start with the cheese its I think the cheese it might be one of the last bowls. But our, well, uh, our well, beer tonight at. is I'm pouring, Kevin. I went a little bit different for the bowl season Shake for, it the, up. for these bowl games here. We got a PB and Void. Which is a peanut butter stout from Gun Hill Brewery. Gun Hill Brewery is a fantastic brewery, so I'm expecting this to be very good. Where's that from? It is from Bronx, New York, so they're probably sponsoring the Pinstripe Bowl. Oh, yeah. They got to be sponsoring the Pinstripe Bowl. You want to talk about the Pinstripe Bowl? Okay. Bulls. We got (laughs) them. We got them. Kevin is a big time bowl lover. That's sarcasm. He's in. He's in. He loves it. Uh, let's go back and forth. Anybody who hasn't been here in hot routes before, we have a bell. If any of us gets talking for too long, the other one can ring the bell. We just run through these games. About 30 seconds a piece, minute a piece, whatever it might be, and go. So we're going to handle the games from December 20th through December 27th tonight. So right the games college football I think it's about day, right? 16, 17 games. We already talked about uh, the college football playoff in previous episodes. Those will be on the 28th. Check out some episodes that we'll have next week. We're going to cover the rest of the Bulls from the 28th through the end, including the other four New Year's Six Bulls. Week after that, we'll hit you off with an episode focusing solely on the national championship game once those semifinal games are played. Kevin, hot Trump. routes. Start so your boys with my boys. Yeah, lead it They're off, man. Opening guys. up, we're opening up the college football season with the Bahamas Bowl. UB versus Charlotte. UB is a six-point favorite. These teams are pretty even in terms of offense. What I saw when I looked at these two is Khalil Max alma mater defense is what's going to be the difference here. The Bulls are 34th in points allowed, seventh in yards allowed. Charlotte is terrible. 105th and 67th, respectively. Ouch. Look. In what defense? And defense. It's like top 20 in sacks. Yikes. Yeah, well, when you're giving up 105th in points allowed, how much does sacks really matter? Here's a kid to watch in this game, though. He's got a twin brother that plays linebacker. UB running back, sophomore running back, Jarrett Patterson. Tune in to watch this guy. 2018 Mac Freshman of the Year. He continued his success this year. He was the first freshman in UB storied history to go over 1,000 yards as a freshman. Followed that up with 1,600, sixth nationally his sophomore season. 17 touchdowns to go along with that. If you haven't tuned in to watch this kid, watch him play. UB, very good at running the ball. Charlotte, very bad at stopping any sort of offense. Give me UB, my alma mater, 28-21. UB, back-to-back bowls for the first time ever for that program. Charlotte's playing in their first bowl game 
But Charlotte was one in five against bowl teams this year, so it's exciting for them to make it. Benny LeMay is a nice running back for Charlotte, but you mentioned what UB has in their backfield. Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks also. These Go back and look at the stats against Bowling Green. You want to see some crazy numbers. Patterson went for almost 300 yards and six touchdowns, and Kevin Marks had a huge day. Charlotte not going to be able to stop the run. That's going to be the difference here. UB 31-20. UB. Bulls. Kevin, start us off on the Frisco Bowl, which is the nightcap to our Friday night. It is the Frisco Bowl, Utah State versus Kent State. Utah State is favored by six and a half. Jordan Love, last we checked, is playing in this game. Whether Whatever's going on off the field with things, NFL stuff, other issues, Jordan Love's playing. Jordan Loves weed. Yes. So that's... That's a that's Allegedly. a huge thing Allegedly. for Utah State is that Jordan Love is going to be playing in this game. There's going to be a ton of points, whatever the over is. Take it. Jordan Love does throw interceptions, so be careful. But this is a showcase game for this guy. He wants some NFL love, wants people paying attention. Kent State D, not very good against the run. So, Gerald Bright, big day running the ball. And the Kent State quarterback, Dustin Crum, he's, he's got to do it all for them. It's not going to be enough. Utah State, 38-28. Utah State, this is going to be your last chance to see Jordan Love play after he's declared for the NFL draft. He, like we said, he apparently loves weed as well, as does leading running back Gerald Bright. They're both busted, allegedly, for possession of marijuana, but they have not been suspended, and Utah State just announced they will play. They're going to be enough for Utah State to get this game done. Uh, Jordan Love, if you've never seen him play, tune in. He set five single-season team records last year for Utah State. He's eclipsed 3,000 passing yards in each of his two seasons. He's an NFL guy. He's a special player to watch. He is by far the best player in this game. So long as he's not slowed from hits from the bong, Utah State wins this game 38-28. That's, that's what I said. Not a guarantee. You said 38-28? Yes. It's in my notes. I'm just reading my notes. Yeah, okay. I didn't copy you. Yeah, all right. Moving on. You didn't even know that Jordan loved bong hits. Ah, man. Hey, you were talking about a different bowl. <laughs> all right. Uh, Central Michigan. <laughs> Get it together. Are you talking I'm about the New Mexico to, Bowl to right now? together. Um, Central Michigan versus San Diego State, <laughs> December 21st, 2 p.m., the New Mexico Bowl. I know this is going to be mixed in between a little bit of NFL love. So these Saturday, December 21st bowls are interesting. There's NFL games going on. There's these bowl games going on. Get yourself two TVs set up because there's a lot of good stuff in here on these Saturday games. Central Michigan versus San Diego State. Kevin, what do you see here? What a turnaround for CMU this year. That's really impressive what you see, what McWayne was able to do with them. San Diego State defense is just going to be too much. Central Michigan relies on a, a one-two attack with Ward and Lewis running the ball. But San Diego State, they won a game this year scoring six points. Show me another team in the country that scored six points and won a game. San Diego State was able to do it. They will win. They will win ugly. They don't give up points. They're going to force turnovers. It's going to be tough to score, run the ball against this team. So I like San Diego State 17-13. So, Kevin, it's it's a great point that you bring up with Jim McElwain. He, I don't even think he was on the docket card for a coach of the year, and he should have been. He took a 1-11 team, and they won the MAC West this year, went 8-5. and five. That's an incredible turnaround. Central Michigan has a pretty good team, 28th in the nation in yards per game, 44th in scoring. Obviously, that offense is a lot better than San Diego State's offense. San Diego State's offense, you talked about their defense, their offense is terrible. It's, it's just wretched. They're 115th in the nation in total yards. They're tied for 97th in passing yards. They're 103rd in rushing yards and 119th in scoring. That's a bad, bad offense. That may be one of the worst offenses in recent memory. It's obviously the one of the worst offenses this year. So give me Central Michigan in an upset? Nope. No. 
No. No. Oh. The turnover margin in this one, you talked about the defense. The turnover margin in this one, I had CMU down for the win. The turnover margin does it for me. San Diego State is third in the country with a whopping plus 15 in turnover margin. CMU is 109th with a negative Ooh, 7. That's significant. That gives me San Diego State in a 14-10 to 10 thriller. They, they won a game. San Diego State won a game this year scoring 6 points and lost a game when they gave up 14. 14 would be an explosion for them. They lost a game 14 to 11 and won a game six, nothing. Some wacky things happen. The Aztecs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, yeah. I like low scoring. They have in really this game. cool uniforms too. Okay. Liberty versus your guys. Oh around. man. I love Shea. They have, they have some of the greatest stats of any college. What bowl is this? It's the cure bowl. Okay. Which makes sense because Hugh Freeze started the season in a hospital bed coaching from the hospital we bed. We watched him play And now Syracuse he'll be there. on the sideline. He is? In the curable coaching. In a hospital bed? No. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, I don't think he's in the hospital bed anymore. Dude just pushing him around on the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> they have a guy like carrying the cords. Uh, Georgia Southern is a four-point favorite. This one is the afternoon game on Saturday, 1221 at 2.30. Mir, you go first. I forgot who went. Lead us off, so. Patron. Lead us off. Classic triple option team, Georgia Southern. Shaywertz only attempted 108 passes this year, Kevin. <laughs> he is in non-conference games. He's a total of three for seven for three yards in their non-conference games. They're the worst passing offense in the country. However, they do average 260 yards rushing per game, eighth in the country. Liberty, you have to give it to Liberty. They put together a nice season, and it's their first season as a FBS team, right? It's their inaugural sure. season as an FBS team. But I can't get past a shutout home loss to Syracuse to start the season. And the Flames struggle to stop the run. They're giving up 193 yards per game, which does not bode well for this matchup in Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is going to throw the ball five times and win 31-20. My score is not far from yours. You mentioned Shea Wirtz. In this passing offense, I don't know what you mean by worse, but they have not thrown an interception in two seasons. So that's a reason to watch. Two seasons, no interceptions, only throw the ball if you have to, but the running defense for Liberty stinks. Wesley Kennedy and J.D. King both go over 100 yards. Shea Wirtz would probably get close as well. Liberty, I'm fine that they had a first season, but the teams from the FBS that they beat were 12 and 36. So they beat the teams that they beat were terrible teams. Happy that you made a goal, uh, bowl game, but Georgia Southern runs all over them. They're the only team to beat Appalachian State this year. They almost ended this Minnesota dream season in week two or three. Georgia Southern at Minnesota had them on the ropes, and Minnesota squeaks by them. So at, I like, one, at one point, we were talking about Georgia Southern being Minnesota's best win. All right, so Georgia Southern wins this game 34-23. If you're looking for a reason to watch this game, on the Liberty side, they have the only wide receiver that was invited from the group of five to the Senior Bowl. So Antonio Grandy-Gordon, only group of five receiver invited to the Senior Bowl. And I'll get into a slight in a couple of games. But if you're looking for a reason to watch, there's a kid that NFL teams want to watch. Is Prochie a Liberty not a receiver. Is James Prochie a senior? I don't believe so. Huh, interesting. Okay, I thought he was a senior. Next game. SMU, speaking of James Proshi, SMU, three-point favorite over FAU. That's your 3 o'clock game on Saturday, 12-21. It is the Boca Raton Bowl. Kevin. I say Raton. 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 I don't know. Boca Raton. Yeah, it is Raton. Yeah, right. Proshi, they list him here as a senior. I don't know why. I don't have him down as an invite to uh, the Senior Bowl. I don't know if you guys skipping it. We'll have to look at that. Yep, yeah, you're up first on this one. Um, SMU blows them out. Woo. 52 30 i'll just throw the score at you right away but it's weird you go and play a bowl game and you're playing a road game fau is playing on their home field um so that kind of stinks if you're smu here you get to go to a bowl game you're having a great season and now you're going to play fau and fau is playing at home so that i that kind of stinks i don't really like that but smu's only losses came to ranked teams and they were close games i think they're touchdown or less 
SMU handles them. You mentioned Proshi. Xavier Jones is an awesome running back, and you're dealing with the, the coaching transition kind of thing. So I'm taking SMU big in this game. Yeah, and I think FAU has a dead duck coach, interim coach, too. It's like not even a guy that has a chance of getting the job, right? They already hired somebody. I, I don't so know. So the about guy that. coaching this game isn't new. I mean, whatever. It, it doesn't matter because SMU is the better team. FAU is, had a nice little season over there. Congratulations. Lane Kiffin used that as a stepping stone to a new job. But SMU is just better. James Proshi, you mentioned the guys over there. Shane Bouchelle had a fantastic season. Great season. SMU wins 42-35. Uh, to Oh, so it's a little closer. What was the spread on that one? Did you have that there? Three. Oh, Okay. Uh, just real quick, if you look another, I told you I was going to do my homework. Reason to watch: FAU has the best tight end in the country. Harrison Bryant won the Mackey Award as the best tight end. You fantasy football owners, that's going to be a guy that you're going to be looking for later in your rounds because he is going to be a contributor. Keeper league, so a keeper league. It just he's a guy you're going to sneak on your team later on because you paid attention to us and the college football. You're going to scoop up Harrison Bryant. People are going to wonder how you did that. So just watch that guy. Get excited. Write him down. And then in August next year, throw him on your fantasy team and write us a thank you note. FIU versus Arkansas State. All Arkansas right. State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're starting to get towards the nighttime of 12-21. This is a 5-30 game, the Camellia Bowl. Interesting, Kevin. You know this. Everything about the Camellia Bowl is interesting. Well, you know Sean. this game is going to be good. The last five Camellia Bowls have been decided by five points or fewer. <laughs> Arkansas State's last four games have been decided by seven points or less. So this game's definitely going to be good. That's a lock. Lock That's it up. That's a lock. Who Talk goes first? Me? You? Go. Go. So Arkansas State has a wide receiver worth paying attention to. Omar Bayless is a guy who is getting NFL looks. He caught 84 passes this season for 1,473 yards and 16 scores. That is a lot of touches. That is a fantastic season. They've got a diminutive. He's not diminutive. they got a quarterback. He's listed at six foot. People think he's a little bit smaller than that. He should hang but, out with us. He's a giant. But he chucks it all over the place. Lane Hatcher is, a, is another one of those freshmen from this just – Huge crop of freshman quarterbacks Huge. that is worth taking a look at. But I don't trust Arkansas State to get enough stops on D. They can score, but they play absolutely no defense. They're 117th in points per game allowed, 127th in yards per game allowed. FIU quarterback James Morgan is playing in his final game as a Golden Panther. He's been inconsistent, but he's good enough to put up huge numbers against an awful Arkansas State defense. I take um, I take FIU with one of the nation's most efficient pass defenses, picked off 11 passes on the season, and have allowed only three quarterbacks to hit 60% of their passes. So I have FIU getting a field goal as time runs out to win 34-31. Arkansas State's D is terrible. That's okay, because they do have Omar Bayless. Right, this guy, conference player of the year. I don't know how many wide receivers are a conference player of the year. He was in receiving All American honors. That's a big dude. He was left out of the Senior Bowl, which is right? ridiculous. So some people were upset He's about awesome. that. He's awesome. Have you seen him play? He's I have. Awesome. Yep. I was He's doing awesome. a little bit of uh, research into Omar Bayless because his name kept popping up at the Camellia Bowl. So he has a touchdown in every game except two. The two games he didn't have a touchdown. One, he had 150 yards receiving. The other game he didn't have a touchdown was against Georgia, but still had seven catches for 50 or 60 yards against Georgia when he was the only receiving threat. And even that Georgia defense couldn't shut him down, still was able to get open and catch those passes. I'm going to take Arkansas State here, even though, even though the FIU defense and Dorian Hall is a great safety for them, not going to be enough. Give me Arkansas State 34-30. Oh, we have the same score just flipped. Close to okay, the same score. Okay, close to the same score just flipped. Las Vegas Bowl. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, honey. Boise State's going to play the University of Washington. Chris Peterson can stay there. Chris Peterson's final game. At Washington. Interesting. Washington, as the unranked team, is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Boise State, the ranked team. 
to me, to, to me, this is one of the best early bowls as I'm looking at the in the, at the hype, the build bowls. up. Yeah, I mean, this is a good game. This is a really good game. Boise State's perennial G5 powerhouse almost went undefeated. Washington, super talented roster, should be highly motivated to send Coach Peterson out with a W. So this is a really good bowl to me. Let me hear what you have to say. So you, I, it's interesting that like we go back and forth about bowls. We've done it for a long time. Are you high? The guys leaving. We don't know why. Maybe there's something he hasn't told us. But I might be annoyed at a coach who's leaving. Like I came here to play for you, so am I super motivated to send you out? Maybe if there's some circumstance causing you to leave, but if you just you're gonna take a break, you want to leave, like. But the pro- you the recruited program- me for four years and probably hyped me up. Not, the program's not changing. He's turning over the reins to a guy that. What's the program done this year? That, that everybody supposedly loves. He's staying with the program, just not as the head coach. That's a great it, situation. It, it, it's so you know. I mean, I I just. Everything you've seen and read about Chris Peterson, I can't see those kids being like, ah, oh, screw you. He, he's, he seems like a coach that those kids are going to want to send out with a W, carrying him off the field and doing all of those things. I could see him being carried off the field at the end this, of this game. He said Boise State was the last team he wanted to play in this final game for him as the Washington head coach. Washington's left tackle, their best offensive lineman, not playing – Hunter Bryant, a very good tight end for them, not playing in this game. Boise State has Curtis Weaver playing in this game and a great freshman running back in George Helani. Tune in, watch him. Boise State has eight comeback wins this season. That's as many as anybody in the country. They come back, win this game 27-24 as Jalen Henderson marches down the field and wins this game for Boise State. So, you know, I, I see Washington as the better roster in this game. They're a very talented roster. They lost five times, but those losses are by an average margin of 5.2 points. So this is a team that, that the difference between 7-5 and five and, say, 9-3, and 10-2 and two is razor thin. Both these defenses are great, top 25 nationally in points allowed. Both offenses have eclipsed 50 points multiple times on the season. I, I'm just going to go with the Chris Peterson factor here. It's it, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a nip-tuck affair. I have Washington pulling it out by one, 21-20. All right, so we're different on that one. I like it. Where are we going next? Where else would you go? New Orleans. Besides for New Orleans, the late night game. Where else would the late night game be played? Uh, so, okay, it's 12. It, it's Saturday, December 21st. We're still on December 21st right you now? Know, like, We're you're, eight games you're, deep. You're starting your, your Christmas break. You watched NFL. Bills just beat games. the Patriots. Bills just beat the Patriots. You're watching all these different things, and you settle in at – you're like, ah, oh, football's over, and you flip the channel. You're like, hey, Leiden, hey, Leiden, hey, turn on the New Orleans half, Bowl. And it's the second half of the New Orleans Bowl. Right. Right, because it starts at 9 o'clock. Right. So here we go. App State versus UAB. App State is 16.5-point favorites. Wow. Do I go first this time? I Doesn't, go first. I do what you do. So I, I get that this bowl is like a tie-in. I understand that. But doesn't it feel like App State deserves more than this bowl? You know, I, they deserve a better final game than a bad UAB team that got blasted by FAU 49-6 to in its conference championship game. I'm aware that App State lost their head coach, Elijah Drinkwitz. Remember, it's not Drink-O-Wits, it's Drinkwitz. Yeah, got, got all it. these beers. Need somebody to drink with. Doubling down on that. All right. But App State's statistically better in nearly every single category. They're a better team. They are the better team. Plus, plus they have third team all Sun Belt wide receiver Tommy Hennigan. Touchdown, Tommy Hennigan. Touchdown, now, look, there's no word on whether or not he's going to declare early for the NFL draft. Right. But we do have on reliable sources that he will play in this bowl game. And... On the other side of it, there's Tyler Johnson the third, TJ three, who has 15 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Stop throwing the ball to the other team. Rumor is he might not play. 
knee injury, might not play. It's unclear whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. So I, I like App State big 45-28. Now oh, it, and by the way, okay. By the way, for the record, App State just officially announced that since they beat South Carolina, who beat Georgia, who won the SEC East, they'll be utilizing the University of Central Florida logic and hanging an SEC champs banner in their stadium next year. Why wouldn't you? That makes complete sense. Uh, App State should eh, join the SEC. Why not? Memphis should join the Big 12. I do believe that. Memphis should bolt from the AAC and join the Big 12. Why not do that? I think if your coach leaves, you like win the group of five. You're that highest ranked team. You should get to like soccer. I don't really pay attention to soccer, but you should get to join one of the power five teams. What the hell? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so App State, UAB, you mentioned the interceptions are a problem for Tyler Johnson. If he doesn't play, it doesn't matter. Dylan Hopkins will come in and throw a bunch of interceptions. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not surprised that Tommy Hennigan is conflicted. Do I go and enter the NFL? And act like, you know, our Uncle Charlie Hennigan, who was a 1961 All-Pro in the NFL. You know, so there's some lineage there. But education, very important to the Hennigan family. Wait, you have an Uncle Charlie? Charlie Hennigan. Like, like 1960, the, in 1960s. Like the slang word for a curveball? You have an, an Uncle Charlie? Was in, I don't know, but was in All-Pro. <laughs> All right, is that, I don't He's know. He's a person and not a curveball? Correct. Okay. It was a curveball that okay. I threw that at you. Got but. You. <laughs> So I'm not surprised because they value education, the Hennigan family, obviously. But I, the Darrington Evans is better than anybody UAB is going to have. That kid can run. He can catch the ball. He's a dynamic threat. And what I think is going to happen in this game, you brought up the interceptions. Sean Jolly, it's that time of year. Oh, Sean, Sean Jolly leads App State in interceptions. He picks off Tyler Johnson, Dylan Hopkins, whoever else plays quarterback for UAB, Three times, oh, three picks, and is named the MVP of the New Orleans Bowl. And people have a field day writing the jolly, you know, like all that kind of nonsense around Christmas. But you heard time. it here first. You heard it here first. Sean Holly Jolly, three interceptions. <laughs> I like that, Kevin. I like that. Next, thirty-four, thirteen, App State. Fast forward to December twenty-third because we finally moved past December twenty-first. December 23rd, which sadly is not chicken wing night anymore at Swallows. Right. Chicken wing night has Family been moved conflict. to December 30th. Correct. Okay. We'll have to check out those games. UCF versus Marshall. December 23rd, 2.30 in the Gasparilla Bowl. We are. Go ahead. Oh, you mentioned the Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> if you're UCF... This is they reached a point where they thought they were big time, right? We're national champs. We plan on being a team that's in the mix every year. I wonder about motivation in games. And now you have to play against the defending Gasparilla Bowl champions, <laughs> right? So not only are you playing in this game, but Marshall has shown that they will show up and win the Gasparilla Bowl. Marshall has seven straight bowl wins. That's what Marshall does. They win bowl games. But not this year. Oh, they're gonna have to pass to keep oh. up with Dylan Gabriel. He's got a couple nice receivers with Gabriel Davis and Trey Nixon. Those are some big dudes that he throws the ball to. But I don't think Isaiah Green and Marshall can keep up. They're gonna throw a couple interceptions. There were some problems for him during the year. Central Florida wins this game, 33-30, and takes the belt away from Marshall, and they are now the Gasparilla Bowl champions. Takes the belt. I mean, you, you stole my joke. I had written in here that the formal national champs have fallen to a lawnmower's bowl. So, yikes. Yeah, but don't they? It's a good – what's the name of the lawnmower thing? It's the Bad Boy Lawnmower's Gasparilla Bowl. That's like the whole name. Yeah, of bad, the boy. The bad boy. Bad uh, boy. Look, <laughs> so UCF – UCF who has Dylan Gabriel, Mack – and Milton, Mackenzie Milton on their roster, which is and a Brandon stacked Wimbush. quarterback room. Brings in the Brandon Winbush experiment, which did not go well, as most theories of let's take a struggling quarterback and expect him to be good when he's somewhere else. Uh, that didn't work out well, but UCF does have one of the freshman quarterbacks that we talked about in this slew of freshman quarterbacks class in Dylan Gabriel. UCF is sixth in the nation in points per game while Marshall is 102nd. 
Marshall fans are going to point to their defense as a counter to that. But statistically, UCF is actually better in yards and points allowed per game. So I, the one concern that I had when I looked at this game is I saw that Marshall 7-1 when rushing for 170 yards or more. UCF has allowed at least 170 yards on the ground in five of its last nine games. That could be a, a concern. But look. UCF shows up here. They have a better roster. Josh Heifel's seat is not scorching, but I'm hearing rumblings, and he'd be well served to not lose to a middling conference USA team as a three-score favorite. Right. He gets this done. UCF gets this done. They win 35-24. Oh, all right. The Knights also have to not turn it over. Turnovers are a concern for that team. That could be a problem. And if they don't turn it over, they'll crush in this game. I like it. I think we're heading to Hawaii. Christmas Eve. All right. You're putting together like your kid's bicycle or something oh, like that. Oh, we're celebrating a birthday in the Hennigan house. Oh, on yeah. Christmas the, Hennigan, the, the Hennigans have a Christmas Eve child. Yeah. So you guys are celebrating a birthday. Oh, we're turning this on. We're, we're hanging on Christmas Eve. So we turn <laughs> yeah. this on. The Hawaii Bowl is on. Uh, this is a home game for Hawaii. But it may be a pretty bad matchup for them as, as I started looking at this. On the year, the Cougars have intercepted 15 passes and held passers to under seven yards per throw. BYU went 5-0 and against teams that attempted 30 passes or more. Hello, Hawaii, yeah. who throws the <laughs> ball all over the place. All right. And, I mean, they have two capable quarterbacks. They got the mobile Cordero more arm talent in Cole McDonald, but McDonald, who had a terrible Hawaii Bowl last year, just throws it to the didn't wrong they get, team. They got smoked last year, didn't they? In this game, they got smoked. His stats last year were 85 yards with a touchdown and two picks. Not good. Threw for 85 yards. Okay. So look, I see turnovers as the difference in this game. Hawaii is the nation's worst team at giving the ball away. They're a minus 14 on the year in turnover margin. BYU, we talked about that 15th in the country in INTs, uh, points per game, uh, INTs per game. They're getting 1.2 interceptions per game. They take the ball away at a rapid rate. Give me them. I, 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 I hate teams that turn the ball over. Right. I hate teams that turn the ball over because it's just so unpredictable. And Hawaii doesn't have good enough stats to overcome that like maybe an Oklahoma team has all year. Give me BYU 27-24. I agree with you. Cole McDonald throwing interceptions has been a problem. BYU, you wonder who you're going to get. Like what team are you going to get? A team that beat USC and Boise State this year, but they also have a couple bad losses mixed in. So BYU is up and down. You may be concerned about a team going to Hawaii, but BYU is tied into this bowl game. So they've known for a very long time they were going to Hawaii. So it's not like they just found out. They're prepared for are this. Are going to say the Mormons aren't going to party? What's going to go on? I don't know about that. <laughs> it's weird about Hawaii, though. They haven't played a bowl game on the mainland in 12 years. It's just like, so you've just started a bowl years. game for you to play in. Is right. A- Thinking I, st- I I might do the same kind of thing. But BYU, you mentioned the interceptions are a problem for Cole McDonald. BYU is going to pick off passes. Look at two of the best quarterbacks they played, Jordan Love and Keaton Slovis. They intercepted those guys three times each. Those quarterbacks are both more talented than Cole McDonald. So they had their way with some very good quarterbacks. Cole McDonald just throws more interceptions and touchdowns in this game, and BYU wins. I don't have a score. So whatever you said sounds great. BYU wins. <laughs> Although Cole McDonald does look a lot like Trevor Lawrence, so he has that going for him. Doesn't Cole McDonald have the long, flowing hair and skinny-as-heck kind of guy? Yeah, I think we'll he looks go. a ton like Trevor Lawrence. We'll go with that. I think he looks a ton like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, So I look like Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> You do. I know. I hear it all the time. It's annoying. All right. Miami versus Louisiana Tech. Dude, this game hurts me to talk about. The day after Christmas. Yeah. What are you doing at 4 p.m. on December 26th? Oh, watching the Independence Bowl. Why wouldn't you? It, it, I, let me talk. Patron, this is one of those games that I know you try to convince me about bowl games, and I'm buying in. I just don't know what we're going to see from Miami. Miami has more talent than Louisiana Tech. Facts. But Miami, look at the bowl games. 
You asked me to look at bowl games. I looked at bowl games. Louisiana Tech, 5-0 and in bowl games under Skip Holtz. He's going up in this game against a Miami team that's 1-8 and in their last nine bowls. Weird fact that Miami, the Skip Holtz last two defensive coordinators are both going to be on the Miami sideline in this game, so that's a little wacky. But I just don't know what we're going to get from Miami. They have better players. Shaquille Quarterman, Greg Rousseau are outstanding defensive players. The best Louisiana Tech defender declared for the draft isn't going to play in this game. I think Manny Diaz gets this group motivated. They are better, more talented. They win this game 27-24. Slow start, but win the game. So, you know, and I agree with you to a certain extent, Kevin. To me, this game is pretty interesting, though, because if Miami shows up, this will be a good one. Miami's defense is fast and athletic and stout. That's a very, very good defense over there. We've seen what they've been able to do all year. The Louisiana Tech team, though, has a kid named Jamar Smith, who's probably the best quarterback most team most people haven't watched all year. He is good. He's a dual threat guy. He's thrown only four picks on the year, 17 touchdown passes. He's suspended for two games, and the Bulldogs lost them both. For what? Uh, Uncle Money, let's say. I, I don't know what he was okay. suspended for. Either Uncle Money or Weed. One of those right. two, probably. I don't know. Uh, but the Bulldogs are 9-1 and one when he starts. Their only That's loss really when he starts was the opener against Texas. So – Tune in and watch Jamar Smith because he's a really good quarterback. He's really fun to watch, and it's going to be interesting watching him go up against a defense that he's never seen before. Right, can he's anybody never block seen, Greg Rousseau on Louisiana Tech? He's never seen Doubt the it. likes of Miami. I, I don't think so, but this kid's quick. He might be able to move around and make some time. On the other side, what I like is I like watching a kid like Jaron Williams, and I want to see if he can ball out because I want to see him go up against a bad Louisiana Tech pass offense. He's had an up-and-down season, but he has the better team, and he's a very good player. So for as much as we want to say this game doesn't matter to Miami, it definitely matters to Jaron Williams. He's fighting for his job. He might not be the starting quarterback for Miami next year. Right. You know, This might be like a transfer portal guy. Sure. So he's coming into this game, and he's fighting for a job, and that's fun to watch. This athletic front seven against Jamar Smith is going to be fun to watch. Miami's sixth in the country in sacks, fourth in tackles for a loss. I think they're able to harass Jamar Smith to the point where they pull off this game, but I think it's pretty good. Miami yeah. wins 27-20 in a very underrated game that I think you tune in towards the end. You know, It starts at 4 o'clock, so somebody might tune in towards the end of this ball game when they're getting out of work or whatever, if they work on that day, and be like, whoo, got ourselves a ball game here. Miami, I'll watch the end of this. Miami needs this win. I think so, too. I, I don't think this is a game where it doesn't matter to Miami. I do question, are you the day after Christmas, you're playing in basically a home game in Shreveport for Louisiana Tech. It's not their home field, but it's you know right there. So you just wonder, are they going to be motivated? I think Diaz has them ready to go. It does matter for them. The practices that they've put in will be important as they try to build something there. Miami wins close game. I'm with you. This next game, though, this quick lane bowl, December 26th at 8 p.m., Pitt, 10.5-point favorite over Eastern Michigan. Look, Kevin. Are you going to tell me I have to watch this one? Look, you know what, you know what I wrote down here? This is the poster child for their there's too many bowls movement. You know, I mean, this is a six and six MAC team versus a seven and five ACC team. There's no chance you watch this game in season unless you're me and it's like a Thursday night special. That's true. You would watch this game. Yeah, I mean, if it's on like Thursday night and I got nothing else to do, this game is just one of those games that you look at and you go, I don't care about the bowl season. And and, and it's a struggle to even put down some notes when taking a look at this. Ten and a half point game, though. This could be one of those games, and maybe this is reason to watch. This could be one of those games that's the huge upset games that you go, where the heck did that come from? Because Pitt turns the ball over like they're Santa Claus handing out gifts at Christmas. I mean, if they continue that as one of the worst teams in the country at a negative eight, maybe Eastern Michigan has a chance. Their quarterback, Mike Glass, has completed over 80% of his passes the last three games. 
he might be something that you can look out for. But overall, I think this comes down to defense. Eastern Michigan's defense is a disaster. They allow 230 rushing yards per game uh, in the last four games that they've played. Pitt is one of the better defensive units. They get into the backfield, 49 sacks on the season, 98 tackles for a loss. So if you're Pitt, just don't give the ball away. Run it down Eastern Michigan's throat. Go home with your, I've got to look back in my notes, quick lane bowl trophy, right. whatever that may be, and just go home. Don't get fancy. If you throw the ball away, Mike Glass is good enough to maybe make this a game. But if you ram it down their throat and harass their quarterback, you win. You win handily 27-14. I'm fine if you're pitting you throw the ball. The Kenny Pickett show. I like Kenny Pickett. Let Kenny Pickett throw the ball around. He's going to be throwing the ball to Shockey Jacques-Louis. Announcers love that guy's name. He's going to make some plays in this bowl game. But you mentioned Mike Glass. He's going to be in trouble. Pitt, <laughs> second most sacks. Hopefully he's not made of glass. Uh, he's going to be shattered Hashtag in this game. Dad. Hashtag dad joke. He is going to be in trouble. Pittsburgh, you mentioned the sacks. Second most in the country. Jalen Twyman, Patrick Jones, outstanding defensive lineman for Pittsburgh. They harass him all day. Tune in, watch Kenny Pickett throw the ball around. Pitt had a bad ending to a season that started off very promising, but they end on a positive note, a game that's not that fun to watch. They win 23-16. You might actually, you have the Knicks and Nets playing that night. The backyard brawl, a couple of not, I might rather watch Knicks and Nets no. play. No. So I'm Blasphemy. that's where I'm at. No. The next day, though, you tune in for that little nooner. You love those noon games. 1227 <laughs> at noon, you have the Military Bowl, UNC versus Temple. So you're probably going to be sitting around at noon. You see this game is on, and you probably do something like this. What day of the week? At noon. What day of the week is this? I think it's a Friday. Oh, okay. That's all right then. I think it's a Friday. Doesn't anybody work anymore? It's it's Christmas break. No, I don't work really that much. Anyways, so what <laughs> bowl? This is um this is the military bowl. Military bowl, University of North Carolina five point favorites over Temple. I like this game, Kevin. You love North Carolina. I do like North Carolina. It, you tell me you don't like watching Sam Howell play. Sam Howell is great. I'm with you. Look, this is your last chance, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. You ready? This is your last chance to see the best freshman quarterback this season play. How dare you? Sammy Howell. How dare you? Look. Is Bo Nix a sophomore? This kid turns. Is Jaden Daniels a sophomore? I, I, is Keaton Slovis a sophomore? I, I get those kids. It's a stacked, it's a stacked freshman class. You can throw class. numbers at me. But this kid's completion rate, 60% completion rate, 3,347 passing yards. 35 touchdowns, which is fourth in the country, and just seven INTs. Like, that's a freshman season. This kid balled out. I get it. Temple's the better defensive team, blah, 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 blah. But they're not that much better than UNC defensively, and their offense is terrible. The best thing the Owls do is bring pressure, which might make you nervous against a freshman quarterback, but not, not Sam Howell, not this freshman. In facing two of the better pressuring defenses in the ACC, we just talked about Pitt and UVA. In those two games, what do you do against those teams? 650 yards passing, seven touchdowns, just one pick. I'm on the Mac Brown program resurrection train. Give me him and Sammy Howell to win this one, 27-17. I've had enough of Mac Brown. But Sam Howell, that's why you watch this oh, game. By the way, I just cracked a uh, Sloop Brewing Company. Super soft. All right. We have uh, a definitely a reason to watch. Great freshman quarterback with Sam Howell. Not Bo Nix, but that's still – you still want to watch Sam Howell. He had more passing yards and touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence this year. That's a guy we've talked about, obviously, an outstanding quarterback. Two touchdowns every game he's played. Temple might be able to put some pressure on him. And UNC gives up sacks. They're giving up more than three sacks a game, which is not very good. You can't have a five-point spread in this game because North Carolina, that's way too big of a spread for any game North Carolina <laughs> North plays. North Carolina plays close games. North Carolina wins this lot. game 24-23. 
Ooh, okay. Okay, little one point. North Carolina's got some – I mean, they have some great pieces around them. They have two very good running backs. Michael Carter, Javante Williams are good running backs. Daz Newsome is a very good receiver. So he has talent around him, absolutely. Temple is good enough defensively to stay in this game, but UNC obviously wins a close one. Pinstripe Bowl, Michigan State is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Wake Forest. December 27th, 3.20 p.m., Pinstripe Bowl played at Yankee Stadium. One of the reasons to tune in would be because a trophy will be being handed out at Yankee Stadium for, like, the first time in a decade. Zing! Wow, from the <laughs> the Mets fan. <laughs> I like getting on the Yankees fans. Zing! Um, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, I get to lead off about the Pinstripe Bowl? <laughs> I appreciate that. Is Jamie Newman playing for Wake Forest? Uh, Yes. If he is playing, then I'm going to take Wake Forest in this game. If not, Brian Lewerke does enough for Michigan State to win. It's hard for me. Last time we saw Wake Forest, Syracuse, we watched Syracuse beat them in overtime. Without Jamie Newman down the stretch there, that was a pretty cool ending in that game. You have the best receiver for Wake Forest not playing in this game. So if they're down Newman, they do have a guy who played as a freshman, so he's experienced that would come in for him. But if you're out Sage Surratt, you're out Jamie Newman in this game, I think Michigan State would win. If not, Wake Forest wins the pinstripe bowl. Can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I, you know, I have a question as to whether Mark D'Antonio is starting to coach for his job. I mean – how far down the road does Michigan State go oh, with this guy? I don't know if you because... want to get into this right now because there's some like there's some there's a guy he brought in that was a bad dude who had a rap sheet. He brought this guy in and this guy was a he screwed up there. There's some things going on there that you can really get into and, and have to question this saying. guy. And that's what I'm saying. And, and it's always been and that's not even on the field stuff. Yeah, I mean he's, he's always been successful, so he sort of nobody's ever looked at some of these things, but this, this is not been a good season. And, you know, he may at this point be coaching for his job. He's they don't have the money though, to bring in somebody that school is a disaster with some of the other things that have happened outside of the football right. program. So when you bring up the coaching thing, like Florida state had a bunch of people pony up right. to move on from their coach. Michigan state is having to pay a lot of money for some terrible things that went down there. That's an interesting coaching yep. situation. So, I mean, you know where I'm at. I have not thought too highly of Michigan State all year. So you were spot on. It, I find it tough to start now, which, of course, means that they'll boat race Wake Forest. But, um, you know, Wake's not going to be without that Sage Sherrod, an NFL-caliber receiver. Yep. You talked about Sage Sherrod. But Kendall Hilt- Hinton had a really nice season, too. He actually ended up with more receptions than Sage uh, Sherrod. Jamie Newman is a very good quarterback. He's a fun quarterback to watch, a dual threat kind of guy. I'm looking for him, if he plays, and they say he's going to play, to sort of announce himself to the nation in this one as he faces a Michigan State defense that ranks 18th in the country. So give me him. The Michigan State offense is just offensive. Uh, they're 101st in the country. Like Mark D'Antonio uh, apparently considers Walter Camp a contemporary of his. Uh, they're just uh, – they're bad, and they're stuck in uh, olden times or something. I, I don't even know what they're trying well, to do Well, they need Le'Veon Bell. They need a stud running back but there. give me Wake Forest in their 21st century offense to win this one 24-20. All right. At 24-23, we see a low-scoring, tight affair. In the pinstripe bowl, but I, I don't love all the bowl games. We have a couple coming up right now that I'm looking forward to. I, I and Hanny, when you take a look at some of these ones, I, I, I think that there's a recipe for success with bowl games. And it's, I wish you and I could just we should be able to pick the bowl game it, matchups. It, 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 when you look at these bowl games, it's you know you get these old school rivalries like this next one oklahoma state texas a&m this should have been texas texas a&m by the way it's like an old school like southwest eight conference you know showdown or whatever and then you want schools that have guys that even if they're going to the nfl they still want to ball out that one last time to show it or they're a young team who guys are coming back and some of these next games fit that mold so your Oklahoma State Texas A&M game 
Texas Bowl, 645 on December 27th. This is a good bowl. Texas A&M, surprisingly, is favored by seven points. I'm not surprised by that. Who's going first? Is it me or you? Go. So, look, I, <laughs> here, here's what we got here. What do we got? Chuba Hubbard versus Kellen Mond. Like, sign me up for that. Yeah, you'd want to watch this S- game for the individual. Like, sign me up. I want to watch individual dudes play. Sign me up for that game. But for me, like, Texas A&M defense is the difference. Yes. They're the 31st ranked D in the country. And this team, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, last week, I think. Oklahoma State, the mullet called Texas A&M the best 7-5 and five team ever. He might not be far off, man. Like this I forgot team, to look. They are the 31st ranked D in the country, and they've played Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Those are their five losses. It's like, brutal, man. Who doesn't have five losses with that on their schedule? Right. I agree with you. Unless you're a top 10 team, you have five losses. Before the season, like this was their ceiling. It was seven and five. Right. And they like, and they reached their season S- ceiling. So for me, OK State, while possessing one of the best running backs in the country, are not very good at defense. The quarterback position is still a question, and they're not on par with those five teams that have beaten Texas A&M. So I'm taking A&M to win, but in a good game. That seven-point spread's a little bit high for me. 27-24, A&M wins. This is a great bowl game. Chuba Hubbard is so much fun to watch. There are some questions with the quarterback play for Oklahoma State. Is Spencer Sanders playing? Are you going to see Drew Brown? A&M zero wins over FBS teams with winning records this season. So what are we going to see from them? Their top pass rusher is not playing in this game. Turn pro, done playing for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. But their defense is going to be good enough to keep Chuba 150-ish yards, couple touchdowns. He's not enough alone to win this game. Overreaction. Right, time to get the overreaction thing going. You're gonna watch Kellen Mond and be so excited in this game that you're, you're gonna start up the Kellen Mond kind of conversation again. That's what I see coming out of this game. Is that Kellen Mond Heisman candidate? Look what he just did. It, it, Kellen Mond accolades, I think, are are pretty deserved. The question with tech, Texas A&M is going to be. Is their offensive line going to improve? Because that's what you really saw with this team is a pretty wretched offensive line on the season. So that's what you got to be watching for with this team. But, yeah, overreaction will be Kellen Mond tears it up and, and everybody starts talking I've got about A&M 31-24. Oh, you saw what, what Jalen Hurts in that same sort of style did against uh, Oklahoma State, and I see kind of a lot of the same happening with Kellen Mond and Texas A&M. The next one is also really good. So you have that 645 Texas Bowl, and then you have that what date 730. Are we? What date is this? It's December 27th, which is Friday. Friday night. Friday before, you know, the good stuff hits. Right, yeah. Holiday Bowl at 730 is going to be USC versus Iowa, which recipe for success. Not a lot of, not a lot of NFL guys. Not a lot of guys that are going to sit out. USC is a super young team, so all those guys are going to play. Like, this game's going to be good. This game's going to be really good. It will be. This will be an entertaining game. Go ahead. Iowa has not given up more than 24 points all season. I think that comes to an end in the – you said it was the Holiday Bowl? Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. All right, Holiday Bowl. USC, the coaching thing with Clay Helton is interesting, but their ne- their head coach is there. That's Graham Harrell. You re-upped with him. Clay Helton, halfway through next season. I was a year off on this prediction, Patron, but Graham Harrell will be your coach at USC. Slovis, Pittman, put on a show in this game. USC is going to win, but Iowa's an interesting team. Your three losses against Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin by a total of 14 points. So Iowa can play some football. I don't know if, like, A.J. Espinenza, is he playing in this game? I haven't looked at Iowa with some of their guys who I might turn pro. Plays. It so, seems like Iowa, Iowa has. Iowa guys yeah, play. I agree. Those Iowa guys play. But I do think that USC has these couple of weeks of practice. It benefits them. Graham Harrell is a very rich guy now. I think they just re-signed him to over a million dollars to be their OC. He's their next head coach. USC wins 33-23. 
Oh, that's a lot of points against Iowa. Uh, USC is the fifth-best passing offense. Keaton Slovis, Michael Pittman, you mentioned those guys. Amon Ra, St. Brown is also in there. Iowa's the best passing defense that they'll face. Iowa's the 10th best passing defense in the country. They have men back there. They, they, they have seniors, juniors in their secondary. Big guys, guys that can compete with those, with those USC receivers. But I still see USC getting this done. That passing defense is spectacular. The, the, US, the USC defense leaves a little bit to, to be desired. I agree. But the Iowa offense just isn't, isn't good enough to get this done. I do not see that trend being bucked with the 24 points. Ooh. But I do see USC winning this game 23-17. to 23-17. All right. Low scoring affair. We got our last one now. This has been a, a run here. Got our final bowl game to talk about now. It, it, all right. So this is 10 15, December 27th, Friday at 10 15. This is like the classic game that you and I are watching. The Cheese It Bowl between Air Force and Washington State. Two points before we make any points about the game. Cheese Its are so good. Point one. Yes. Cheez-Its are so Number one, Mike Leach <laughs> is in the Cheez-It Bowl. It's a lock that he's in a Cheez-It commercial during this game, oh, right? Yeah. Like, he has to be. So he definitely has crumbs on his shirt. Yeah, yeah, and, yep. Number two, if you're giving out high school superlatives to the bowl games, this one would be game most likely to be a Pac-12 after dark nonsense game. Sure. Yeah. Right? That's facts. Right? So those two things. We've established that. Kevin, talk to me about the game itself, which actually kind of speaks for itself. But if you're kind of if you're a fringe college football fan, you might not be aware of Anthony Gordon because you don't see a lot of these left coast games very often unless you're staying up late. If you live eight houses away from Dan Patron, you end up watching some of these games. Not many of you people are in that radius like I am. But Anthony Gordon averages 70 yards more a game than Joe Burrow, who's put up incredible numbers. So Washington State throws the ball everywhere. Air Force does not throw the ball. Air Force as a team has 64 receptions on the season. Washington State has three guys with more receptions than the entire <laughs> Air Force team teams i like that stat that's a great stat but washington state they give up so many points this is going to be back and forth pass run between these two programs washington states give when games they played 70 points have been scored combined 70 points have been scored in games six times that trend will continue here i've got washington state doing enough to get past donald hammond in that air force offense 42 38 so this is this game is just this game is just fun. This is a fun bowl game. It's a you have wacky to, matchup. You have man. to admit it that this is a wacky matchup. Air Force's ground attack versus the air raid of Washington State. Air Force ranks third in the nation rushing offense, averaging two hundred and ninety-two and a half yards per game. The top the three ground. rushing offenses are all the uh, academies: Army, Navy, and Air Force. Your top three rushing offenses this so, year. The, so the interesting thing, the interesting thing about Air Force, did you know that they also have the highest passer efficiency rating this year because in a recent win over New Mexico, Donald Hammond, the third went, are you ready for these stats? Nine for 10 for 327 yards and four touchdowns. Dude should be playing quarterback at Georgia Southern. That's great. Uh, so meanwhile, you got Washington state. They average 55.7 pass attempts per game. Kevin. There's like 10 more than anybody else it, in the country. It is 11.4 more than anybody else in ah, the country. That was pretty close. Very well done. Very well done. Um, Anthony Gordon recently uh, had a game against Oregon State where he went for 50 completions and 606 yards. <laughs> so check this out, though. Tune in because Anthony Gordon is actually 48 completions and 606 yards short of breaking FBS records for completions and yards that were set way back when Mike Leach was with Texas Tech. Looking Graham for Harrell? season, 
looking for season or that beautiful man known as Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, okay. it, it's gotta be. It's it's gotta be Harold though. I think it's Harold. It de- it definitely seems like Leach is the kind of guy that would try to like a bowl game is irrelevant, but right. he's gonna try. Let's oh, he's try gonna to try get to get record. those stats. He's yeah. gonna try. So, <laughs> and, and, and awesome. not only that, like how much fun is is are these two offenses? But the best part is is that neither defense is good. No, it's even better. So Air Force's secondary is 95th in the country in completion percentage, and Washington State's front seven is 104th in yards per carry. So nobody's going to stop anybody. Right. If the over is 100 in this game, take it. I'm I'm thinking I've got 80 combined points. I'm thinking that's I should have gone way more. I think it's low. I've got Washington State winning this game 55 to 51. Wow. Just all over the place. Points. All over. No punts, no field goals, points and turnovers. I don't know if I can stay up late, though, because got a big day the next day. This game, with all those points, might roll into, like, that 2 a.m. area Ooh. on Saturday morning. I don't know if I can do that. I'll help you. I know you will. <laughs> I appreciate that. Kevin, Patron. that's all for the bowl games tonight. I'm not sure if you have anything else. I'm good. I'm good. That is all for tonight. You can check us out on Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, and essentially anywhere podcasts are found. A special thanks to our two breweries tonight. One would be Gun Hill for its delicious peanut butter, PB and Void peanut butter stout. The other would be Sloop Brewing Company, Super Soft IPA. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Kevin Hennigan. <laughs> and this is the two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>